Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? We are back with another episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. And today we're going to be digging into the importance of demo videos and talking with my good friend, Mr. Sean Hanks. Now, Sean is the CEO of Premier Speakers Bureau, major speakers bureau here in the Nashville area. You may recognize his name. He's been on the podcast many, many times before, been in the speaking industry for many, many years, and he is a wealth of knowledge. Now, we brought Sean in today to discuss the good, bad, ugly, all things demo videos. Now, we can all agree your demo video is very, very important to getting booked and paid to speak working as a professional speaker. So I'm not going to give away all of Sean's great tips. So let's get right to it. Here's my conversation with Sean Hanks. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Bolden here. Welcome back to the Speak Lab podcast. Good to have you here with us today. Hey, I'm super excited to have uh, one of my close friends here in the speaking industry, Mr. Sean Hanks, who is uh, president of Premier Speakers Bureau. Uh, we've had him on the show multiple times. Uh, I always provide the caveat, hey, don't harass this guy to book you, anything like that. <laughs> uh, my advice I always give is don't worry about bureaus, okay? However, Sean has a great perspective just on the speaking industry and specifically on the topic we're going to be talking about today, which is going to be demo videos. But uh, first of all, before we get there, Sean, welcome. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Grant. It's good to see you again. We got to see you this past weekend and I'll see you now. So yeah, Man, it's so demo much. videos, what an exciting, exciting conversation, Grant. How many demo videos do you think you've seen in your life? You know what? I'm going to give you my counselor's phone number, call and ask. No, I mean, you, I don't you, know. But you used to watch lot. them on VHS, right? <laughs> Please end this conversation now. Yes. <laughs> yes. We used to have a VHS dubbing machine to send out people like you's videos to pr- prospective clients. So, yeah, Grant, that was a thing. Things That's have the gotten simpler. Of the industry. Yeah, how, yeah let's start with this. Like how how important? I mean, obviously, again, like the, there's been a lot of evolution to demo videos, but still, whether it, you know whatever format they took, they they still play an important role for speakers. Like, how important is the demo video for speakers to get booked and paid to speak? Incredibly important. Incre- I tell speakers, I literally said it to a speaker this morning, a mutual friend of ours over coffee. It is the silver bullet in the speaking world. I won't be so hyperbolic to say that you can't get speaking gigs without a demo video. You cannot be a professional speaker without a great demo video over time. And why, why, why is, is it that why is it that finish, important? Because it answers so many questions for an event planner that they don't have to ask. If you send me a video and it's one it's one shot for 10 minutes of you in one suit or your power dress or whatever that thing is on one stage with one camera in my simple brain and a lot of other people's simple brains also they think you've done it one time 
And yeah, you've worked hard, but you've done it one time. If you send me a video and, and you're in three different dresses or you're in three different suits or three different vibes, different crowds, all that stuff, it just says, I do this for a living all the time. Um, I'm great at this thing. So you can answer so many questions that you never get to talk to the event planner to actually ask. Because in especially in the corporate space, you're never considered in a vacuum. You're always comp being compared to other speakers similar to you. Um, and pretty often you don't get to, to have deep conversations with the event planner to sell yourself. So your video is the thing that's selling you. It, it's, right. it's your, it's your test drive. Totally. And I, I've, uh, I've always explained it like, uh, event planners, decision makers, they're in the risk mitigation business. And so a, a demo video gives them some sense of this is what it's like to work with me. And, uh, you know, maybe you're a phenomenal speaker. You're just not what they are looking for. Like I always equate it to like music preferences, you know, like there, there are like great artists and musicians out there. Like that I just may not like. It doesn't mean that they're bad music or, or that they, they produce bad music or anything like that. It's just not what I'm looking for. Same thing for speakers. And so a, a demo video helps to mitigate, reduce that risk uh, for an event planner to say, no, no, I, I feel comfortable and confident uh, you know, hiring this speaker and putting them on, on stage, putting my reputation on the line as the event planner to report to my committee or board or boss or whoever it may be. So like, what are the elements that make a good demo video? What are the things that make a video stand out from others? Um, to, to state the obvious, but sometimes it's not obvious, every clip of you speaking has to be great. And great in the sense, and I'll take a step back from that, when people tell me like, oh, I was great on stage today, I go, okay, well, that's what you got paid to do. Like, that's the starting point. Being amazing on stage is just the barrier to entry. So um, don't ever have anything in your video. And, and we're talking about very best case stuff, right? Most speakers are constantly in the... I, your video is always living and breathing and changing. So take what I'm saying is this is the highest element that you want to aspire to. There's always going to be something you watch your video and go, man, that joke landed harder in the room or I've told it better, whatever that is. Well, great. I get that video and then replace that 30 seconds in your preview video with the new version of it. Um, but every, every element needs to be electric and not in the high energy, like the room is jumping up and down, but if you're telling, we represent some great speakers who have very compelling emotional stories that don't come from a place of, oh, what a wonderful experience. Like, I, oh, I achieved my bucket list. Oh, some things are awful and they survived it. And they're they're communicating that of, a, hey, Grant, you, you can do something hard because I went through something atrocious and have come out on the other side. But so even if you're telling a story that's powerful, make sure the power conveys through the video. Um I, that that's the starting point because I get so many video. I get a lot of videos and even if they're friends and they go, man, this, this killed and I watch it and it just doesn't right. Because yeah. they're remembering the energy that happened. Some of that real practical stuff to answer your question directly, make sure you get crowd response. So if you tell a joke, especially, or if there's a very powerful moment where you let it sit for three, five, 10 seconds and the room is just kind of in a, Oh my goodness. Like I get it mode. Put that in there because you don't, the event planner or me sitting and watching at my office in this case, I don't have the value or, or the experience of being in that room when it happened. So make sure you don't, your video doesn't have to have some kind of preconceived idea. Like it, it needs to show this is a funny joke. You better put the audience laughing. That gets expensive, right? I mean, hiring a crew at some point in time to, or one guy to do two cameras is a great investment. Uh, but the, making sure it's great from start to finish, 
there isn't a weak point where you go, man, it's kind of embarrassing that I'm that people are watching that. It's going to lose you to gigs. Um, I always say make sure it's more than one attire, not to be like too specific of those types of things. But if you're if you're wearing the same shirt every single time, the implication is you've done this one time, right? Um, look different, feel different, different stages. The larger the audience is, most of the time, the better because it communicates to the event planner, the buyer. I, I can do this in front of a crowd of 5,000 people. I mean, MDRT yeah. built an empire off of saying, come speak almost for free, and we will give you the best video you've ever seen. And they do. They've got three camera shoots and all that stuff. Um, a lot of speakers' videos come from that. Uh, and the value there is you're going to have electric video um, that you can use to, to, to splice up and use to market yourself. Well, uh, any other uh, elements that need to go that are just like, hey, doesn't matter where you are in your your speaking journey and your speaking career, like you in your demo video, you got to have this. What what are some of those other things? Um, I, I would say if you you know if you're using any kind of um, like specific uh, on stage items, whatever it is, I mean, some of that's real practical. Like zoom in. There are a lot of great people out there who do illusions, for instance. A couple times people have sent me videos and I'm like, it's totally lost on me. I can't see what you're doing. Um, it, yeah, I, I would say what I already mentioned, making certain you have at least two to three different attires, crowd shots, um, balanced audio. I, it, the, the thing about a video is it's it's very easy to remember what it felt like in the moment. Um, so obviously show it to a bunch of people who care about you, but care enough to tell you like, oh, that wasn't that wasn't your best, the best version of you. Um when you did that and we roughly we at premier speakers here we roughly say spend one speaking fee on your video that way it'll scale up over time so if your fee is three grand all right we'll hire a three thousand dollar videographer in town to to shoot and edit for you when you've been blessed and your fee is 10 grand that will always scale with you when your fee is 30 grand you better have a 30 grand looking video because the people around you who are 30 have electric videos yeah. Uh, are there any things that are just absolute no-nos that you, you've seen? You're like, eh, I hate when speakers do this or this always just this doesn't land well. Yeah. I, the first one that pops to mind for me is just a continuous 10 minutes of here's me telling my one killer story or whatever it is. I call them fastballs. You, you, you've spoken for a long time, Grant. You, you know that if I woke you up at 2 a.m., within five minutes, you could be on a stage and you got a story or two that you're like, man, I could capture this room. And that's yeah. not arrogance. That is like you've worked hard at it. And you know, like I can jump in. I got a lead line that opens it, kind of gets everyone's attention. Um, so yeah, you want to capture those those few fastballs. Some of those are jokes. Some of them are three-minute stories. Um, some of them may be more touching. So there's not a huge crowd reaction. Um, but I don't don't just have 10 straight minutes without any cuts with any kind of writing or anything but our metrics tell us the the two videos that are most valuable to you are three to five minute sizzle reel and that means a lot of things to different people but i if you've been on a bunch of cable channels tv all that stuff put that in the first 20 or 30 seconds it doesn't need to be three minutes like what if you say i was on cnn and you show a picture of grant baldwin chatting with someone on cnn that's all people need. They don't need to see 45 seconds of that. But a sizzle reel that really showcases who you are, probably three, five minutes is really long because we all have short attention spans. Um, and the best case is you have two of those. You have a three, four, five minute sizzle that kind of captures attention. And then from a buyer's perspective, once they've narrowed it down, and again, my perspective is always 
a buyer who's looking at multiple speakers, not just mm-hmm. stumbled upon your website and is deciding if you are their fit. In that buying process, a sizzle reel that captures their attention, and then a longer form video that's maybe eight to 10 minutes that really showcases more of those two to three minutes of speaking time of those fastballs that you know, like, this is my story. This is what I want to be known for, right? Like, this is my, um, this is kind of my keystone story that I tell in my book. It's my book title, all that. You want that in there. Um, but that can be longer form because if they're deciding, okay, Grant is my guy or Speaker X is my, is my speaker, um, they're going to want to watch something longer than just a quick snippet. Uh, but even then, what's funny is we have speak- buyers who spend a lot of money on speakers and we can see their metrics and they still click through a 10-minute video. So it's almost like they want to know it's there. They will watch it often, but it just cracks me up that, okay, you're going to spend 30 grand on a speaker and you and you you can't sit for 10 minutes and watch their video for 10 <laughs> minutes. And that's just how we are, man. Like it's in Netflix. Yeah. So it gets slow. You just get forward 10 seconds. It happens here too. You so you kind of touched on it there. Like, what's the ideal length of of time that video should be? Yeah, if you have one video, I would say eight to ten minutes max. If you have, if you're investing in one video, especially if it's your first video, I would say let the first thirty seconds be that sizzle. Put some quick hits of you doing things that are interesting. If you have a specific story to tell, if you're ex-military and were involved in a, a known mission, or if you founded a company. And it's well known, like tell that story in the first 20 or 30 seconds with, with quick hits. Right. Um, especially if you've got some notable media appearances, cause that establishes you as a, as an authority and then nothing. So if we're talking about one video, eight to 10, probably max, um, it, let the rest of the video tell you, let it tell the story. And sometimes literally like you telling your story on stage in different places, but not the full story, obviously. Like, you're going to take your best two minutes on this one thing, boom, a swipe or a quick review from a client. We've seen a lot of great videos um, be utilize this technique in the last, probably the last four or five years, grabbing an event planner um, and saying, hey, you know, Steve from Allstate Insurance, will you give me a 10-second review? And Steve from Allstate Insurance standing in the hall of the convention center saying, Grant just spoke at my conference and he crushed it. It was amazing. You know, everyone was left all inspired, whatever it is. That's a cool That's a cool way to segue to your next um, video element. But eight to 10 minutes, I would suggest um, Sean's opinion, but it's what we've seen be successful is probably the max link you want. Yeah. The, uh, you know, like you kind of touched on anytime anybody clicks on, any video of any kind, um, you know, from a friend or whoever, like, oh, you got to check this out. Like everybody immediately looks in the corner and says, how long is this? And if it's more than a few (laughs) minutes, like that's an eternity. Uh, Ain't nobody got time for that. So you have to keep it tight. You have to keep it short. Um, Okay. A couple different types of elements that could go in this. I'm curious, you know, how you feel on these. So one thing you touched on was, um, okay, I've, you know, Grant Shot, I've been on media appearances. Um, And so our interviews, um, or, you know, podcast stuff or Facebook lives or so some of these other like ancillary things that may provide a little bit of credibility, depending on it. Um, how much of that is necessary, if at all? Uh, necessary is the right term. I, I would say 30 minutes max and only to establish 30 minutes, your credibility. 
30 seconds. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, 30 we minutes. We just no, said no. this is not supposed to be 30 minutes. So I was like, what is he talking about? Seconds. Okay, all right, 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I, and I lean into short and sweet on those because the only purpose of this is to establish your credibility. If you say, I am the world's leader on sell, selling, relational selling, we'll make up a topic that's a, a good topic. If you say, I'm Grant Baldwin, the world's leader on relational selling, well, over time, you should probably have been on some, you know, CNN or whatever, and they're going to have your book cover up, and they get to say, Grant Baldwin's the world leader on relational selling. All right, that's super valuable. Um, I will say, as a caveat, local media appearances, while they're cool, sometimes work against you because it feels um, kind of secondary to a national media brand. Mm-hmm. ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox News, CNN, the, those... You want that logo down in the corner. But the only purpose for that isn't to um, to kind of showcase that you're impressive and you, you got to do it. You just want like quick hits. So the event planner, again, we're answering questions. They don't have to ask. Is Grant Baldwin really the world's leader in relational selling? Who's on CNN saying that he was, or they were saying that he was? The answer is yes. But the shorter, the better. Because the purpose of the video isn't to show the clip of you saying what you're going to say. It's just to say I was on there and they agreed that I'm the world leader in relational selling. Yeah. So again, going back to like, um, you mentioned like 30 seconds there, of let's say a five minute video. So we're not talking like a, you know, it's a relatively small percentage in the, in the scheme of things. Another type of thing that you touched on there was like testimonials. Um, so mm-hmm. interviews with, you know, um, audience members, perhaps, you know, uh, I just came out of, you know, grand session and yada, 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 or an event plan or anything like that. How important are the uh, testimonials to be in there? Is that also like a 30 second thing? Should they be in there at all? Um, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I like when, um, I like when videos use those as segues from one story to another, right? So yeah. we're talking about a 30 second, 60 second, um, I'm going to say 30 opener of five different shots of you on CNN, you all, you on box. And it's just, and that a great use for that is really to describe who you are. So it, it may not, it just may be two or three seconds of your audio of actually what you're saying. Maybe it's even better for the, the only audio is the host introducing, right? Like saying, this is Grant yeah. Baldwin, the world's leading um, expert on relational selling. Um, so boom, boom, boom. You're just hitting snippets of that. As you jump in, you know, then you've got a two-minute, it's you telling a compelling story that's one of your fastballs that's in your book. And then maybe you got 10 seconds. I prefer, and this is a, you know, it's kind of an embarrassment of riches if you have several of these, having an, a, an event attendee say, I just saw Grant speak, and it was the best thing I've ever seen. Okay, that's not bad. But having the person who booked you, and you put their name, probably first name, which is smart, First name and then Allstate Insurance. And Allstate's always my example. Search with an A. Um, that is incredibly valuable. I mean, if it's you tell your story, that's 90 seconds, and then boom, you kind of like a palate cleanser. But the palate cleanser is a buyer. The person who's sitting and watching this video is watching it to decide, do I want to buy this thing? And you're showing them a video of someone who's in their chair, risk mitigation that you just mentioned, took the risk, and they're saying the risk paid off in spades. It was amazing. Those are super valuable, Grant. Event attendees, it's not a bad way to to segue or to tag a couple of different things. It's just less less punch or less power 
because, you know, maybe there's a thousand people in the room. The the person who spent money and booked you and took the risk is the important part there. Okay. Another element, um, pros and cons, whether or not this should be in there is someone's kind of like bio life story, you know, um, almost the James Earl Jones narrating in the background. Grant always wanted to be a football player. And unfortunately he is not, but you know, he turned out okay. Like, how much of that should we have, if at all? I would say 90% of us, and I say us as collective people in the speaking world, and I gave this to be snarky, no thank you, like people, that's your job. You got to tell it in in the story of you communicating, because that's what you're doing on stage, probably. Yeah. The, the exception to that is if you're, if you crashed your plane into the Hudson River and saved 100 people's lives, and your name is Sully, yes, why not? Like, of course you want that. Um, yeah. But, it, or if you were... There's some great speakers who are, you know, known for being a part of an ex a, a, a significant battle. The, those types of things that are more momentous and historic, really, and they'll yeah. be talked about a hundred years from now. Yes, it, you, you know, saying Grant was um, had a, a hard childhood. It, it just you, you only get a few minutes to educate these people on who you are. You should you should be better at telling the story in a couple of clips. Grant from stage than a James Earl Jones narrating because people, dude, they're going to check out 10 seconds. Yeah. Okay. Another element. Um, you see a lot of like B roll of kind of behind the scenes. Um, they're sitting in the green room reviewing their notes, they're getting mic'd up. Um, they are sitting at a desk, you know, they're reading a book, looking out a window, pondering life, you know, they're throwing the starfish back in the ocean, whatever. <laughs> like, so what, how much of that B-roll, like the production, the flashy, the yeah. bells and whistles, you know, how much yeah. of that is necessary? I, I think it helps tell the story of I am a, pro a professional speaker. So that's not bad. I, that, that became really cool and in vogue. Um, a, a buddy, uh, you know, Vin, Vin Zhang, who's a mm -hmm. videographer separate from being awesome at all the stuff, the world we live in. He, he kind of, or he didn't kind of, he did. He upped the game on video production when he showed up 10 plus years ago. Um, and he's a great dude, a great guy. And it just, it made everyone go, oh my gosh, like, okay, now the standard, it used to be just have a video. And now the standard is like, I need Steven Spielberg to direct my video, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 we've, we've probably, that's been overused a bit, but I've seen that well done often. I've seen it go way too far also. I mean, the reason you and I can sit and joke about it is because we've seen some videos where you're like, we get it, we get it. You, okay, you're preparing your notes. Like, really? It took you, we needed three three minutes of you preparing your notes? Um, but I, I would say if you're telling the story for five to 10 seconds, and this is a little bit of a parlor trick at this point. I am still enamored by the videos of, and you and I have a mutual friend that has this, where the last thing he says, talking head style to the camera is like, here we go. Or, you know, what I can't remember exactly what he says. And then the camera follows him on stage and then he's in front of a thousand people. The yeah. first time I saw that, like, you know, hair on the back of the neck, because it yeah. feels... It's what it feels like for you as a professional speaker or your, the, your uh, clients to walk on stage like we kind of get to be in that thing for a second that that's probably been overused but it's still a cool thing if you can pull it off yeah 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Another element of uh, the just sitting and talking to the camera, you know, uh, you know, I'm excited to work with, with you and your audience and, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it and I can help them transform through relational selling and more like just face to camera sitting in a studio or whatever, kind of talking about what they're going to talk about. Is that yep. work? Is that necessary? Or is that just dumb? I, I call that talking head footage because that's kind of what it is. It's yep. and you, we're way more accustomed to it now. Like you and I are seeing our torsos up, right? Yep. That that felt really weird before COVID because it wasn't a, a regular thing. I I don't I don't dislike that. It, it just needs to be kind of back to my first point. It's just got to have punch. I mean, you you and I know like if, if you see three seconds of that and it just drones on, like your brain just automatically turns off. If, it, if you're setting something up or really framing a specific value prop from you, like, this is what I'm going to do for your audience, that's not wasted time. But, I, you know, 15, 20, maybe 30 seconds is max. And I would suggest it's better to not do that in your preview video. And, and this may be a separate conversation for another day. Do that in individual um, videos mm-hmm. for if you've got a client that you're chasing or bureau hits you up and says, Hey, I got a client interested in this thing. Record a 60 second video of you saying, Hey, Steve, I heard you're considering me. Thanks so much for that opportunity. I want to quickly tell you three things that I do. I want to do for your clients. That's super valuable because you say their name and you're talking about the event in Orlando on October 17th. That's way more valuable as a talking head thing than a generic, because it has to be so generic in your preview video it's going to be hard to really capture someone's attention with it. Yeah. I think overall, like my, my personal, again, I'm not the one hiring speakers, but, uh, my personal pet peeve is like, let's take a five minute video and you know, like one minute of it is actually watching someone on stage talk. It's like, no, no, like that's the product. Like that's the thing. Like that should be the high majority of the video, if not all the video and all this other stuff is like seasoning. Like, yeah, sure. Some of it's okay. But if it, the whole thing is just like this, I don't know, this high produced video, but you don't actually see the person speak. It's just kind of like, I don't know. I'm I'm not a fan of that. But again, that's also coming from a perspective of a viewer, not someone who's actually hiring a speaker. Grant, that comes from the perspective of a common, I mean, it's just common sense. I bought a car a while back and I showed up on the lot. I had already done a ton of research and I told the dude, like, here's my driver's license. And just give me the key. Like, I want to test drive the car. I don't want you to talk to me about it and all that stuff. It's a similar deal. We're not selling cars here, but um, it's a similar deal. Like, that's your test drive and you get three, four, five minutes max with a potential buyer. And I will be, I will caveat this reminder until I die. They very rarely are considering you alone. You're being compared to other people and they're comparing your speaking, not your background, your story. Now, of course, that's part of the stew that you're selling. Um, but they're comparing your speaking. Like what is Grant going to do on stage in front of my 500 attendees for 60 minutes? That's your product. Yeah. Uh, now also just as a caveat here, we are 
you and you kind of touched on this earlier you work with um the top tier the top echelon of speakers who are 10 20 30 50 100 thousand dollar speakers so these are speakers that have most often been in the game for a long long time who oftentimes have gone through 19 different demo videos so the one that you see today we're like well of course they're a fifty thousand dollar speaker well you don't see all the crap ones from years and years mm -hmm. and years gone by so i'm thinking for myself uh, when I got started, my very first demo video, I spoke to a youth group um, for of about 30 teenagers. I borrowed like a little handy cam from a friend, set it up in the side of the room. The audio was bad. The acoustics were bad. The lighting was bad. But like there was enough there that it worked. You know, a 30 minute talk, you boil it down to three or four minutes of the best clips, the best content, the best punchlines all of that. And like that worked. And like, I had that for a year and it booked thousands of dollars worth of gigs. And like, there's zero chance I'm using that to book a $10,000 gig, but that worked in the beginning to book a thousand dollar gig and a $1,500 gig and a $2,000 gig, you know, over and over and over. So what encouragement would you have for speakers who are in those earlier phases who are going, I I'm just getting started, or maybe I, you know, I have a demo video, but I'm looking at, you know, Vin's video or Clint Pulver video or whoever video and just like, gosh, dang it. Like, that's so good. My video will never be <laughs> that good. And it can just be intimidating. Like, what do you say to that speaker? Who's a sub $5,000 speaker. Who's just like trying to build that momentum. Yeah. Well, first I would say, I would challenge you, Greg, you got a lot of people who respect you and who come to you and say, make me better at this or help me become this to, and I say this to a lot of speakers. So you included put that out there not not for the world to see but I, I think it's it's really helpful for the people watching this to see your first one and i bet it stunk man and it, awful. it from today's perspective but in that moment i bet you you and sheila watched that and we're like yeah this is it right i mean it, that everybody's on a progression you know i mean uh, when you were 23 you were a very different person you also had different resources time relationships all of that stuff Spending $1,000 when you're 23 and scrappy um, feels really, really painful and it's risky. If you're 40 and you're a professional speaker, you better spend more than 1000 bucks. So everything scales, right? Uh, but I, I always encourage, partly because it's, it's a little bit of a, um, it's just a fun exercise to see where you come from, right? To go, hey, that was time. awful, but man, it, it launched me, right? I mean, it was the launching pad for something. So don't be ashamed of it and be proud and encourage the next grant or whomever it is. Um, the reality is I've seen, I've seen speakers develop and grow. The large majority of the speakers that premieres blessed to represent are just speakers who said, I want to do this thing. And they yep. built it. They hustled, they hustled, they hustled. You and I, a lot of mutual friends who did that. And the reality is it, I mean, I, you and I sit in Nashville, it's the same story. You know, the 20-year overnight success, hopefully not 20 years, but the 10-year overnight success that someone blows up, like, where'd they come from? Well, they waited tables at Applebee's in Spring Hill, Tennessee for 10 years to get there, right? Yeah. Your video is a similar thing in the sense that start with that lousy video. And I don't want anyone to leave this conversation between you and I discouraged in the way that Grant Rewind, when you had that first video, of course, there are expectations for it to be better. But the reality is that video reflects where you are in the market, in your fee range, in comparison to other speakers in that moment. So you're not going to be compared on that three-minute video that you came up with to a speaker who's $40,000 and has a production budget of $40,000. But yeah. you're also going to get, 
whatever you got paid for that video or for that keynote to do that video is probably what you're going to get more of. So, I mean, you're using thousand dollar bait to get more thousand dollar gigs. Mm. Just be intentional and say, all right, I'm going to grow this and I'm, I want my video to look like a three thousand or five thousand dollar video. That's a tough thing to, but some of that's just finding other speakers where you go that that's something I want to I want to like try to recreate in terms of how that looked or how it felt. Uh, I'm not saying rip off their stuff, just be inspired by the quality of their of their videos. But uh, I, I tell you, and I mentioned it earlier, one thing that I've seen a lot of speakers do well is don't think of your video as a one time thing, and I put it out there and just see what happens. Think of it as a developing product all the time. So when you, um, you don't have to go completely recreate your video to improve it. When you tell that story that you know what it feels like to tell it in a room, most of the time it gets a great laugh. Well, this time it like people erupted, it exploded. Great. Take that 60 second clip and replace that in your current video. So that current video isn't static forever. Like you can constantly change it. Refresh that with newer, newer. Even if it's the same story, but it just felt different. Like you had a time when it, the room loved it. Well, update this video while you're looking towards the next new video that's going to look and feel totally different. But don't think of this as a static product, and you can better it, and that'll increase your value. As event planners are seeing that video get better, they won't know that, but the video they will see tomorrow will be better than the one yesterday. And then over time, as I mentioned. Roughly, as your fee increases once a year or once every two years, you got to make a new video, and it needs to reflect the value that you're attaching to yourself. So if you say I'm a five grand speaker, your video better be better, the same or better than other five grand, spe- five grand speakers around you. So when speaker, to that end, when speakers are thinking about, hey, I'm thinking about raising my fee um, or just raise my fee, uh, how important is the demo video in relation to raising fees? I, I would say they're they're definitely um, um, attached to each other. I wouldn't raise my fee without launching something new or doing so, or maybe it's an announcement of my calendar is literally packed for the year. Now, if you say that, you got to be honest about it, and it better be packed because when you increase your fee, you're going to throttle opportunities. But I, if I was a speaker and I coach speakers on this often, don't raise your fee without launching a new video and without having some amount of new product out there. Um, a new video is a great thing to communicate out to your, if you've got a, a list of clients that are interested in you, announcing to them, hey, I've got a new video and my fee is bumping up from five to 7,500. It gives you something to talk about other than just saying my fee's gone up. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. Before we wrap up, any other final words of wisdom, uh, advice, just any observations just in general on uh, the speaking industry? What's your, what's your pulse right now? What are you seeing? Grant, my only observation is one of excitement to say, and I can't remember the exact stats, the EIC, the Events Industry Council, a few months ago released a report that's probably a little bit dated at this point, that our industry is thriving and is is back to, it's beyond pre-COVID levels. And for all of us who have been in this industry long enough to remember how awesome it was before COVID, the impact of COVID and just how much that impacted so many families of people who live on the road and do this and and more importantly like felt very strongly this is what they were made to do and then it was taken away from them the fact that it's come back so much um it's come back and then some is i'm just i'm giddy with excitement every day to tell people that because it's 
it's it's objectively true in the numbers that the market is strong. Um, so just for speakers who are building a new thing or launching for the first time, it's hard work, and there is no there are no shortcuts. Grant and his team can give you a lot of great tools to avoid mistakes that other people have made. Um, you know, the only thing better than learning from your mistakes is learning from other people's mistakes. Uh, but at the end of the day, hard work is it. But there is a huge market out there for speakers um, that just want to get out there and hustle and, and work hard. It's a rewarding thing. And I, I love that it's back. Awesome. John, thanks for the time, man. Always good to chat with you. Appreciate you and your, your friendship. I'm glad to serve as your uh, travel agent on the side. And uh, <laughs> always, always good to talk to you. We won't explain why I'm wearing this this cowboy hat, Grant, but uh, but you're responsible for it, so thank you. You're welcome. We'll see you. <laughs> see you, buddy. Hi, friend. Are you ready to get serious about taking your speaking business to the next level? Maybe you are someone who is looking for ways to book more paid gigs, or maybe you're trying to figure out all the different things that go into building a successful speaking business. Or perhaps you are an experienced speaker who wants to scale your speaking business to multiple six figures. If that's you, I'd encourage you to visit thespeakerlab.com slash call. Again, thespeakerlab.com slash call and book a free no obligation call with our team. And if you're not quite ready to take that leap, I don't want you to hesitate in checking out all the free resources that we have available to you on our website, including this podcast. So head over to thespeakerlab.com. Again, thespeakerlab.com. Find hundreds of blog posts, how-to guides, podcast episodes, email scripts, proposal templates, and so much more. Finally, I got a big favor. I would love for you to leave us a rating or review for this podcast. We read every single one and it also helps other speakers find valuable free resources that they can use to build their own speaking careers. As always, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.